Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Uh, we're really glad to have you here. Uh, welcome. Uh, if you're in the chapel, we're uh, really glad to have you here. I know we've got people scattered all over the place. Um, it's Mother's Day. We celebrate our moms and what they've done in our lives. And, uh, you know, I mean, you might ask, well, why do we do that? Well, I mean, it's like the fourth commandment. I don't know if you know that or not, but honor your father and mother. It's right in there. It's really a kind of an important thing that we do. So we, so we will. We got Mike Singletary coming to talk about fatherhood and Father's Day, and we invite you back for that. Um, but we just want to honor our moms today. And the, the, the thing is that we all realize that as, as we get older, we all realize how important our moms were to us. But we also realize there's a little bit of a disconnect um, between between their generation and our generation. Am I right? Especially when it comes to technology, like for example. I was just over in Fort Wayne with my mom and dad, and they got a new TV, you know, so they wanted me to help them set everything up. You know, they couldn't get the flashing 12 off their VCR, you know, and so uh, first of all, I'm trying to figure out, why do you have a VCR? I mean, who watches that? But it doesn't matter. I'm going to fix it all, you know. I mean, that's what we do. So these are some of the famous uh, texts that uh, came from mothers to their children, kind of help you appreciate our moms a little bit more. Um, the first one is, oh, it's a beautiful day. Look at the view. Mom, your finger's covering the lens. <laughs> Oops, can you see it now? Well, you can't just send the same picture. You have to take a different one. <laughs> How about now? Looks great, Mom. <laughs> really. Sometimes you just got to give up, right? I think there's something wrong with my phone. I don't think the texts are getting through. Yeah, they're getting through. How can you be sure? What does IDKLY and TTYL mean? I don't know. Love you. Talk to you later. Okay, I'll ask your sister. <laughs> uh, all right, hang on. Leave that up. Leave that up for a second because the old people need to really, really get this, okay? <laughs> I don't know. Love you. Talk to you later. Get it? Okay, I just want to make sure we got all that. All right, good. Please don't text me for the next hour. I'm going to be on the treadmill. I wasn't planning on texting you. What did I just say? <laughs> Love it. This is dad, but it's still funny. He hit his in a meeting button over and over and over again. Are you in a meeting? No, why? <laughs> <laughs> Please stop changing the Google logo so much. I like the original one. Mom, I don't change the logo. Google changes it. On my computer, you don't run the Google? If I did, I wouldn't be driving a 2004 Ford. <laughs> Who runs the Google? <laughs> okay, this is the best one. Your great aunt just passed away, LOL. Why is that funny? It's not funny, David, what do you mean? Mom, LOL means laugh out loud. Oh my goodness, I thought it meant lots of love. I've gotta call everyone back. <laughs> okay. How many of you thought LOL meant love you lots, all right, okay, I mean, you, okay, see, that's a problem, all right, I understand. Um, we love you, moms, and, um, you know, I know uh, my kids are making fun of us now, and I, I get that, it's all good, it goes one thing to the next, but we're going to honor our moms, too, because we know that we wouldn't be here without them, right? I mean, I mean literally, obviously, but um, for the guys, you know, I mean, there, there's got to be a little something for the guys. And uh, Kevin Durant did it for us last week. If you haven't seen this, uh, you know, you haven't been paying attention to sports. Kevin Durant won the MVP of the National Basketball Association uh, last week. And in his speech, he uh, couldn't help but start off his speech by thanking his mom, who was a single, a very poor single mom 
who raised him. Listen to this. It's just uh, it's priceless. One of the best memories I had is when we moved into our, our first apartment. No, no bed, no furniture, and we just all sat in, in the living room and just hugged each other. Because we, that's what we, we thought we made it. And when, you, when something good happens to you, I don't know about you guys, but I tend to look back to what brought me here. And you wake me up in the middle of the night in the summer times, making me run up a hill, making me do push-ups, screaming at me from the sideline of my games at eight or nine years old. We wasn't supposed to be here. You made us believe. You kept us off the street, put clothes on our backs, food on the table. When you didn't eat, you made sure we ate. You went to sleep hungry. You sacrificed for us. You the real MVP. Behind every great man is a great woman, and they say that about your, your wife, your person that's next to you, and that's true in my life, but if it wasn't for our moms, um, that's why we honor, okay? And here's the deal. I know that it's not always a wonderful day. Uh, I mean, I know we got, you know, people in the lobby trying to watch us because we're crowded because it's Mother's Day, but I know that a lot of people avoid Mother's Day. I know that a, a lot of you, this is your first Mother's Day without your mom, and I, and I get that. Or maybe you didn't have a good relationship with your mom or didn't even know your mom. And there's so many stories. And some of you are women who wanted to have babies and, and didn't and couldn't or whatever, or you lost babies or you've, you've lost kids or there's a prodigal out there. Um, we understand that. And that's why um, my wife and I and my parents went down uh, to interview Miss Kay. Now, I, I know that, uh, you know, Duck Dynasty is not as popular a show up here, you know, with you Yankees as it is back where I came from in Oklahoma. You know, you guys don't understand duck hunting and, you know, beards and all that stuff necessarily. But um, Duck Dynasty is this show, it's this reality show on A&E where these, you know, guys uh, figured out how to make these duck calls and they made a bunch of money off of duck hunting and duck calls and then they decided to make a reality show about them. And they're this, this unique family with these really pretty wives and these really ugly bearded guys and, you know, I mean... <laughs> That, you know, just this weird, this, but they all live kind of in the same area, and they, and they all work together, and they, it's a comedy, and it's really a lot of fun, and uh, the, the cool part is at the end of the show, they have a prayer around this big table, and they have this family dinner, and they have a prayer, and they pray for something that had to do with what they were talking about on the show, so it's a unique opportunity on A&E for Christianity to be represented, and so uh, my wife and I are going to be sitting, you know, across that same table interviewing Kay, and the reason we wanted to go down there and do this uh, was because Kay is a person who didn't have a wonderful Mother's Day experience all her life either. I mean, she had uh, a husband. She got married when she was 15 because she was pregnant. And, uh, you know, her husband was this uh, football star and a really great athlete. And he went to LSU on a football scholarship and had opportunity to play in the NFL and passed on it because he wanted to go duck hunting. And literally, Terry Bradshaw was the guy that followed him and took his place. You know, I mean, it's that kind of a story. This guy was like, you know what, I, this, I just need to be in the woods. And, uh, and that's what she wanted, and that's who they were. But 
wasn't a believer. They weren't believers back in those days. So there was a, a tough story, a tough backstory. There, were, there, were ten, there was 10 years of pain, uh, a lot of drinking. And uh, at one point, he even kicked his family out of their house and had to go live elsewhere for a while while he was on one of his uh, you know, bends. So it, it's one of those stories. And then after things got back together and things got going the right direction, they raised four boys. And two of the bo- four boys... Uh, our boys that uh, at, at some point in their adolescent years, in their late teen years, decided they were going to go live life the way they wanted to and, 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 and do things you know, on their own. And so literally both of them moved out or were kicked out of the house so that they could go live life on their own the way they wanted to. And so there's a, there a, there a situation here for a woman, for us to interview this woman, a great woman of faith inspirational woman, but didn't have a perfect background, because the last thing we want to do is get up. I mean, that's why I love, you know, the Kevin Durant thing. I mean, she's a single mom. She finally gets an apartment for her kids, and they think they've made it. That's what motherhood's about, and that's what we honor, okay? So, so don't look up at, at our family. Don't, don't look around and go, oh, well, I wish we could be, you know, the perfect family like you guys. Now, that's not what we're honoring here. We're honoring the fortitude to stay with it and the faith in God that keeps us going as we go through these tough times here on this earth. So without further ado, here's Miss Kay Robertson. Well, Kay, we just found out that we're going to be grandparents for the first time. So we're very excited. Congratulations. We'd like to hear what are your favorite parts about being a mom or a grandma and spending that time with those kids? Well, first off, I want to tell you that I tell this when I speak all the time, that when I had in my mind that I wanted a pioneer man when I was a young girl and I was with my grandmother all the time and I told her I wanted a pioneer man and I wanted four children, I wanted two boys and two girls. And then God looked down from heaven and decided to play his first joke. <laughs> and that was he gave me four boys. And, uh, you know, I only had one sister, so what did I know what to do with? He played the same joke on me. I got three daughters. Okay, well, you know, he he has fun, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. (laughs) But I love those boys. I enjoyed raising them Mm -hmm. as hard as it was at times. I mean, I'm trying to remember the time they locked me out of the house. (laughs) Yeah, that was a... (laughs) You don't want to know how that ended. (laughs) If you do... um, you might think less of me. Uh, I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't. Actually, it had to do with spanking. Yeah. And, w- and I did have Phil's belt. And I, but the only thing, I was a little too angry. And when I went to swing it around, the buckle hit me between the eyes. <laughs> I nearly knocked myself out, okay? Let me just... And one lady, when I told that in a, in a church group, she said, Oh, I didn't know you were that violent, Miss Kay. I had no idea. But let me tell you, even through all that... It's the greatest joy in the whole world. And I didn't have just my sons to raise. Mm. They brought home numerous, numerous boys. Your fan, your house was the place to be, wasn't it? Yeah, I would yeah. wake up and think, who is that sleeping on my couch? <laughs> <laughs> One day I woke up and I thought, I have an old couch and that boy is really big. <laughs> I hope we don't lose the couch and him. But you know what? And then I often said, why didn't I get little girls? And then he started blessing me with those granddaughters mm-hmm. and then those grandsons that I could start over with and yeah. kind of yep. not make the same mistakes, you know? Can't wait. Can't it's just wait. a joy. Mm-hmm. And now everybody comes here, even the TV people that do our show, say, Miss Kay, when I'm with you and I miss my mom or my grandmother, 
I just feel like you're like a substitute. Yeah. Oh. I think you are to the whole world, honestly. Yeah, that's a huge compliment. I don't think the, really I don't is. think the beard guys have anything to do with the popularity of your show. That's right. It's all about you. Don't tell them; they think they're uh, it. They're, they're not listening. <laughs> oh, I know. I, well, I was described lately as the glue that holds the family together. Mm -hmm. So saw that. That made I me. I agree. And I and so I'm hoping he's talking about super glue because I really try. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I really do believe that you were the glue that held your family together because you had some rough, rough years at the beginning of your marriage. You were pretty young when you got married, too. Oh, you? I was a teenager. Yes, I was. But you know, when I look back on those days, I think about when I grew up, I was mostly with my grandmother because my parents worked all the time. They had a store. And so we hung out, and she taught me so many things. And we talked about, one of the things we talked about was marriage. And that's when I told her, you know, I, want, I was going to marry the Pioneer Man and all that. <laughs> and she told me, she said, well, just remember, Kay, it's going to be one man and one wife for one life. See, you don't have a choice there. It's going to be um, you make a vow to God, and you have a commitment, and you stay with it. And then the next thing she said just threw me off. She said, and you'll have to fight for your marriage. Hmm. And I told her, I said, not so, because... I've read the books. I live happily ever after, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And yeah. she said, no, okay, that's so only in the yeah. book. Yeah. So it wasn't happily ever after. In fact, a lot of the women here probably don't know the full story of what all you went through. So maybe you could fill them in a little bit about that. And then what helped you stay committed? You know, maybe it was your grandma's wise words or whatever it was, mm -hmm. but at the time you weren't a... A Christ follower. So. No, because, you know, and I was, uh, you'll find this out in the book, I was pregnant and uh, with Alan, and we started out with Young, but, you know, I had the most positive attitude. I just knew, you know, it's going to work. It's going to be beautiful. This is the man of my dreams. This is the man that I'm going to spend my life with. And didn't start off exactly right, but that's okay. Mm -hmm. Because my whole life was about commitment. It was about being the best wife, the, being the best mother I could ever be. So mm -hmm. it was like a fairy tale come true. Mm -hmm. Well, Phil, I, I really sometimes look back and think, well, he didn't drink, he didn't smoke, he didn't do this. But So I guess the only mess up had to do with me, but I say it takes two to tango, you know <laughs> what I mean? Definitely. So we started out. What I never thought about was in college. Phil was, you know, went in on a football scholarship. Mm -hmm. So he was a lot of times with the football team, and they actually even had to live in the dorm some mm -hmm. for, through their spring training and some other stuff. So what I found out was that Phil started being influenced a lot with the players and, sure. you know, different ones. Yeah. Now, believe me, it's within him to make those bad choices. Mm -hmm. But it didn't help that he was surrounded by people that said, man, you're too young to be married. You're right, too right. young to be a father. You know, you missed all sowing the wild oats and all that stuff. And uh, so, you know, here we go. And he starts doing things he never did before. He starts drinking and drinking and being a party guy and all this new thing that came in. And where I realize now that I was operating then on my, only my grandmother's faith, and let me tell you something. That's why you need to share your faith. Mm -hmm. Because that held me till I found my own faith. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I didn't, I went out one time with them drinking 
And I realized that, well, I brought my baby. I, I thought everybody brought their kids. I mean, I thought it was just a party, you know? And they said, you brought your baby? And I was like, well, yeah, I don't have any, I don't have money up for, yeah. yeah. So I quickly left because it was, you know, it wasn't a place to have a baby. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't a place for me. Mm -hmm. And I realized now that as my grandmother's face was kind of telling me, you don't need to be here. You know, it was like a little voice going off. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was God or my nanny, but somebody told me. <laughs> but anyway, I kept having the faith and trying to fight. But he got worse and worse. And it was, you know, kind of uh, mentally abusive, it, a little bit physical, uh, just terrible. And I do know, I think in my heart that that something else was going on other than just the drinking, probably the women that were out there in that world and all that. But I thought, well, I'll get to the next place. We'll graduate. We'll leave all these people that have took him astray. We'll get to the next place, the next town. He started his first job. He was a coach and teacher. I was all excited. Only the guy he worked with drank more than Phil did. So it just went down, down, down. And I mean, it was a, it was just a spiral that yeah. just went down. And there's some pretty bad things. I, I wish I had time to tell you everything. All I can say is read it in one of the books. Yeah. But Phil was a jerk, yeah. okay? And Bond. that man that I love so much just started turning into somebody else. But I think this is the best advice I was ever given. And that's this. That was the devil in Phil causing the bad behavior. And I, I got my boys, I told them, I said, your daddy is a good man with a good heart, but the devil is taking over in him, and that's why he's acting that way. And I got down, 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 and I thought the next place, he got in some serious trouble where I had to actually face four police cars by myself. And he went and said he'd be back in two or three months. He, he said, I'm going to the swamp, is what he said. I had to face all that and more. And then the next place we went, it went further down. So it was that kind of spiral. But let me tell you what happened during that time. You know what? Again, I thought, he's, he's the head of my house. He's the one I looked up to. I knew that it was God, man, woman, mm -hmm. children. What do you do? I told my kids constantly, we're going to pray for him even though at the very early time, I didn't really have my own faith. It was my grandmother's in me that yeah, was keeping yeah. me going. But I found God. That was the main thing. And, w and when I first reached out and, and the guy shared with me, well, he was a preacher that I found on TV of all places. No kidding. But I came and met with him. And the first thing he told me was, Katie, you think you're going to heaven? if you died, and I said, by all means, I'm going. Are you kidding? I live with this man, and look, I've been faithful <laughs> for been 10 years. Yeah, I've, I've been yeah. the worst place you could be. Yeah. So, so he said, so you think your works would take you to heaven? And I said, yes. And he said, well, do you feel your faith? Do you feel peace? I said, now that's the problem. I don't feel any of that stuff. Something's wrong. Mm -hmm but I don't know what it is, because I should have. And he said, well, let me tell you a story. And of course, you know, he shared the story of Jesus. He shared the gospel with me. And he said, you can leave here today and you're gonna have Jesus Christ living in you. But guess what? You're gonna go home and your husband's still gonna be a drunk. He's still gonna talk ugly to you. 
He's still going to be all those things. But you have the Holy Spirit in you. You have Jesus living in you. He said, you will never be alone again. And you and those three little boys, I only had three at the time. You've got an anchor for you, and you will go to heaven. He told me, he said, songs like, this world is not my home, no tears in heaven. He said, that will become a reality to you. And what you can make it. And that, that's, uh, then I had my own faith. And, and what I always say is, Phil was horrible, and I'm telling this, and sometimes I've had a break in my speech or something, and they're like, what about Phil? What about Phil? And I said, let me get Phil saved before I end. I can't end on this. Cannot end like this. And so when I, we actually, nobody in the world believes this, but it's true. He actually came in one day and told me that uh, I was ruining his life. He tells me that. I say, well, you know what? You've been running my life for 10 years, but I've still been faithful. I've tried to be the best wife, mother I could ever be. He said, well, I can't live with you any longer. I want you and the boys to leave. I said, so you're kicking me out of, is that what you're doing? And I looked straight up into heaven and I said, Nanny, if you're up there, I fought for my marriage for 10 years, okay? He kicked me out. I did it the yeah. best I could do, and God knows I did. So we had we left, yeah. and I took what stuff we did, and we, we were apart about three months. And we moved over, and I went to the church where the guy was that shared Jesus with me. And uh, one day I came back from work, and there was his, his truck out there. And I said, oh, no, the girl I was with, she said, his head's on the steering wheel. He's probably drunk. And I said, he probably is, but I'm going to go talk to him. You go up to the office, you look out the window. If you see any gunplay, call the police. She said, I will. And I'm getting binoculars too. And I said, go for it. <laughs> I went out there and he looked at me and he said, I can't eat. I can't sleep. He said, I can't make it without my family. He said, please, I'll quit drinking. Please come back to me. And I looked and my heart was beating like, oh, this is the way I want him. Tears. Macho men didn't cry, so I knew this yeah. was something real. Yeah. And I said, you need somebody. And he said, you're talking about God? And I said, yeah. And he said, I don't know how to find him. I don't know how to find him. And I yeah. said, well, I got a man. I got you to talk to, okay? So I called that preacher, and I said, look, I want you to talk to Phil. He said, I'll meet you at your house this evening. But at first, he was like, let me check my calendar. I said... <laughs> It's a lost soul. Yeah. I screamed at a preacher. Can you believe that? I did that. She does it all the time. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know what? That night when he found Jesus and I looked at those little boys, tears were rolling down oh, their God. eyes. Alan and, remembers it. Yeah. I know. Wow. And Jason, I think he said, does that mean the devil's coming out of my daddy? And I said, that's oh. right. Jesus Christ is coming in your daddy. But you know what? I said, it won't be easy. And Daddy don't know anything. Yeah. And the boys said, we'll teach him the songs. Oh, Well, Well, I mean, and for that time, well, let me tell you something. A family was united in Christ. Oh. Ten years. Ten years. Long ten years. But yeah. guess what? You think it's not worth it? America seems to think America it's worth it. Yeah, it. no kidding. 
And I think it's worth it. It, it, it. it doesn't matter about America. It matters about you guys, and that's just that's fantastic. Right. Um, well, it was together. The commitment of words my grandmother taught me, never, never not share with a child, yeah. with anybody. Yeah. Share it. The hope that you have within you. That's right. See, and it was, it was not easy, but it was worth it. How did you cultivate the spiritual life of your children as they were growing up in life? A lot of moms would probably really like to hear that. Hmm. Well, um, I think it's so important to be honest with your children. We were very honest with our children from the time we told them that, you know, we, uh, I was pregnant with Alan before we married. I was very honest, and, and when I told that to my children when they were at the right age to hear it, uh, everybody was fine except Jason, who said, oh, I'm humiliated. Oh, no, oh, no. And you know what? <clears throat> he was my little one like that, you know? <laughs> he was my little Pharisee at times. <laughs> he was precious, but he was quickly pointing out, you know, that kind of deal. But we were very honest with our kids. And that's the whole thing, I think. Parents, be honest with your kids about your mistakes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Be very right. honest with your yeah. kids about your mistakes. They need to see real honesty. Yeah. They don't need to, to have you. And then you share Jesus and you share about God in day-to-day -day life. And just as you talk Excellent. to them, make yeah. it real, make it, you know. It's not just a Sunday thing. It's, it's not just a, your faith. It's every day. Mm -hmm. I mean, every day you need to have it. And, and of course, it was easy for us when Phil started having so many Bible studies <laughs> at this house. Mm -hmm. And then he's marching them down to the river for yep, the bath. Yep, I yep. remember seeing Jeb just skipping along. We're going to the baptize. We're going <laughs> to the baptize. You know? And my kids, they learned it. When their grandparents, Phil's mom and dad, lived by us for 15 years yeah. next door in a little camp house, we sat at a table. Always had the prayer. Yeah. Phil's dad led it. Wow. And then sometime during the conversation, we might talk about you know, something out of the Bible. Because Phil's dad yeah. was good to do that. Yeah. At the end of his life, he got stuck in Ezekiel and couldn't get out. <laughs> the boys would say, man, well, I wish he would get back to the New Testament. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a bad bad place to get stuck is Ezekiel. I'm and telling you right funny. now. <laughs> that was funny. He wanted to figure out the end of the world, didn't he? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Um, the, uh, you know, the importance of the whole family dinner, the prayer time, obviously it's, uh, you know, and that was one of your prerequisites when, for A&E, I know, was to yes. be able to have this and to have the prayer and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So that, that really demonstrates the faith. One of the things that, you know, I interviewed, you know, Willie and Jeff and Alan last year for, for Father's Day. And, you know, that one of the things they just said over and over again was the enormous amount of grace that was shown by you yeah. guys. Um, and, and, you know, obviously, you know, Phil had been far off the reservation, so it was pretty, pretty easy for him to say, you know, okay, I'm back here, but I know you're going to make mistakes. And, you know, Jeff and Alan both kind of went away from their faith for a while. Um, talk to me about how, how it is to be able to lead your kids in grace. Oh, yes. Um, well, first thing I usually do when I give a speech is I say I had two prodigal sons. 
which ones were they? They all scream at yeah. Jason, yeah. Uh, Willie. Yeah, yeah. You they were guess. not barbaricals. No. Yeah. I know. <clears throat> I always say my first prodigal was the preacher, my preacher's son, That's right. Alan. Yeah. And that. And then the last one, of course, was my baby, mm -hmm. Precious Jeff. Mm -hmm. That was my two prodigals. Yeah, I know. But I'm telling you, when they both were out there, now I want to say to every mother, your heart will have a hole in it yeah. when your kids are out there. Yeah. And it's not complete till they're where they should be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's when you hold on to the verse. Train them up and the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart. Mm -hmm. You hold on to that verse yeah, as yeah. tight as you can. And uh, when they came wow. back, that hole filled in. Mm -hmm. And you know what? We rejoiced. And we, and welcomed and them we back. fed them, yeah. OK? We welcomed fed them, them back. You did. And we welcomed them yeah. back. And we were so happy. Yeah. And um, it, it, with every mom I talk to that's hurting, mm. I can seriously say I understand. I do. Yeah, yeah, I know. And you never give up. You never give up on them, and you never give up on God. Never. No. You had and to, that'll get you through. You had to show them some tough love. You had to, you know. I did. You had to Two say, of them we put out. Yeah, it's time to get, time for you to go if this is where you're going to be. But mm -hmm. never and out you of your do heart. do it for the good of the, them and the rest of the family. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. Don't let, because well, many times a sibling will bring down another sibling. Mm -hmm. there. I know one of the things that's, that was really helpful for your kids, because they've talked about it a lot, was youth group, church camp. I mean, you know, the, the story of, of uh, you know, Willie being a youth pastor and all those kinds of things. We got to hear that last time. And it's a big value for us at our church. Talk to me about making sure your kids are surrounded by the right people. Choices. Choices make the difference. I'm telling you. And, you know, Alan, when he was young, his aunt... Jan took him to youth camp, even when I didn't even know what youth church camp was. And, and it made such an impression on him. Now, yes, he did have a time when he went away from the Lord. But I'm going to tell you something. Those early youth camp experience for him, it, it was the best thing that could ever happen. Mm -hmm. And my two middle ones, um, <clears throat> Willie and Jace, I'm convinced they were not prodigal sons because they were so involved in their youth group. Yeah. Now, yeah. Jason, who did not mess up like the other boys mm -hmm. in so many ways, mm -hmm. and we had, he was, you know, he's a little bit like thinking he's, uh, you know, you know, he was just under God. We had some problems <laughs> with that, but, you know, other than that, I'm telling you, and he helped his brother, mm -hmm. Willie, so much. Mm -hmm. So they went to youth group together, they led the youth group in so many ways. Mm -hmm. Willie spent the night so much at the youth director's house, mm -hmm. and he was skinny back then, and he wouldn't bring his clothes, so he wore his wife's jeans, because they were like <laughs> Levi jeans. You know, anybody could wear the same jeans, not like today. I mean, the youth director said, Miss Kay, uh, He's wearing out all her jeans, okay? <laughs> Could you send his clothes? Just stop me over here, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was the truth, and that was so important for both of them. Mm -hmm. And I'm totally convinced their choices in that time is what kept them from going off in a bad way. Mm -hmm. And Jep, we sent him to a Christian school. He was involved, and yes, he did, you know, go off. Mm -hmm. 
but I'm telling you, he told me, he said, Mom, this will make you feel good. <clears throat> I said, about when you were out there in the world? He said, yeah. I never messed up that I didn't. It bothered my conscience, and it hurt me. And I said, as much as I hated that, I thought, my mama is so happy because this has bothered me. And he said, not one time did it happen that I didn't feel bad. Wow. And I thought of my mom. Yeah. That's why he was so ready to come home when he finally did, huh? That's right. Wow. So, Kay, with the busyness of life, I mean, you've got a huge family, um, grandkids, kids around, working woman, everything. How do you keep your own heart centered with Christ and keep your spiritual life growing? You're right, it is hard. It is hard. But I'm going to tell you something. I remember that without Jesus, I would be nothing. And, you know, we try to keep ourselves as humble as we can. But when I go back and read his words, when I pray, when I work with my women's groups, I'm telling you, and even with my grandkids, one day we played a game, and this is really funny. We went out to the swing, and I said, we're going to play the quiet game. And they thought, what is this, you know? We all spread out on the swing, and who didn't get on the bench? And I said, now close your eyes. And they closed their eyes. And I said, now just listen. And they said, there's nothing. <laughs> I said, no, you're not listening, just listen. So we did that, and all of a sudden, the birds started singing. We heard a woodpecker. We could hear something on the river, bouncing out of the river. All of a sudden, they were like, what is that? And I said, that's what God made for you to hear. Mm -hmm. But you don't quieten down. See, there's no TV, there's no electronics, there's no, and then we had the best conversation ever because we just brought it out to where it was just all, oh, all peace and quiet and trees and they discovered all kind of things that day. Okay, <clears throat> thank you. Um, if you could, one parting shot for our moms today, what would it be? Oh, it would be one thing to hang in there that God is in control. He's going to take care of us. But listen, to make it through, you better get a sense of humor. Because <laughs> you're not going to make it without them. That's true. Very that's true. fantastic. It's very true, and that's good, good advice. What about to the men out there? Well, it's the same way. Listen, God is in control. Mm -hmm. Always keep him at the center. Mm -hmm. The best relationship in the world has him at the top and you at the other. And also for the men, get a sense of humor. Mm -hmm. We have learned, Phil and I, we couldn't make it without it. Yep. Yeah. We uh -huh. laugh about things that we used to fuss about. <laughs> now we laugh about them. We do Gotta too. do it. Very hey, good. that's why we're about comedy. Yep. Yep. Love it. Well, happy Mother's Day to you. Thank happy you for Mother's sharing with us. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, I know some of you, things haven't turned out so great. Uh, maybe in life uh, you've lost a child, 
or maybe um, you have a wayward child and um, your heart is just breaking. And as moms, any mom out there tends to be so hard on themselves. They're the hardest on themselves than anybody else, just like the moms in the video were tend to notice your negatives and your, the things you do wrong. Um, but as a mom and a Christ follower, I have really, really appreciated this time of communion through my life and through my motherhood because it's a time that we're told to examine ourselves. And sometimes we definitely do need to confess some things and ask God to work on some things in our own life. But... Um, it's also a time that we can share those disappointments and those heartaches that we're going through because nobody will understand like our Heavenly Father does. And it's just a time that we can confess to Him. So this verse, Isaiah 66, 13, I just love. And I hang on to it throughout my mothering or life in general, it says, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. So today during this time of communion, we want you just to have this time to really examine your own life, no matter if you're a mom, dad, whatever. Talk to God, take this chance to talk to him about things maybe you do need to fix and change in your life. Share your heartaches, but also thank him for your blessings because those children are blessings. Let's pray together and uh, then we'll have our time of communion. Father God, we just um, thank you so much for being the perfect parent. And uh, Father, you do understand heartache. You sent your only son on our behalf so we could have forgiveness and have eternity with you, and we're so grateful for that. Father, I pray that you would be with us and help us to really examine ourselves, and I know that without you, I would have been a horrible mother and person, so I thank you for the grace that I've experienced in my own life and for the Holy Spirit living in me. Father, I pray for each person here that they can just draw closer to you today through this time. I thank you for these emblems that you've left us to remember you and what you did for us. In your holy name we pray. Amen.